Welcome back to another episode of the Shift Drink Podcast. I'm Edward Assel, sitting here as always with Arthur Black. Hello, everyone. And today is our two-year anniversary show. Yay! I think next week's officially, but that's our, one of our off weeks. So, um, so I feel today, like we need a kazoo. Yeah, that's a good kazoo. That's how we celebrate with kazoos. That's how I celebrate. I get out my kazoo. I got a slide whistle. So instead of having a guest today. Uh, we actually, well, we have a guest. <laughs> Instead of an alcohol professional or a food professional, we have our producer, Brad, sitting in with us, and we're just uh, catching up a little bit, you know, checking out what we've done over the last few years, some things that we got going on in our own lives and, and all that, because we get a lot of questions about what we do and how we do it, and it's been a little while since we've had done one of those checks, man. Yeah, and, I, you know, two years flies, but I, I think also both Ed and I, I mean, Ed always has way too much shit going on because he owns restaurants, which is dumb. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm still breathing heavy from, like, running <laughs> here because I forgot all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> I think both of us also had a lot of things happening in the past six months or whatever. Oh, uh, a ton. I don't know if anyone out there in the, in the world, in the Ethernet, is um, experiencing some transitional things in life. I know I sure as hell am. Uh, so we don't have a lot of time. But we wanted to, to record something to just kind of touch base. Uh, we got things to talk about as far as Ed's uh, new place opening up. Yeah, lots going on there, TikTok, man. We're in crunch TikTok. time. Yeah, that's uh, been one of the reasons. Uh, you know, we've uh, kind of been run ragged, and then uh, you know, of course, making sure we're booking guests and stuff for the sh- for shift drink. It's been uh, I've been I've been busy. Uh, and your your head's already flying way in front of you. So um, <laughs> yeah, Brad is. joined us a while back. Did we talk about bubbles when you're here, Brad? Yeah, the last episode I was on was the uh, what was the wine uh, champagne sparkling wine with Arthur Black. Yeah, yeah, that's been a little I while. Was the, man. Uh, I was the resident uh, idiot when it came to the wine stuff. We need to do more of those. It's fun. It was fun, man. I was just thinking this morning, you know, as we were talking about kind of doing a, a two-year recap and, like, how things have evolved over the last few years, man. It's been pretty fun. I mean, it just went from a drunken idiot, idiot night in uh, Miami, which we've discussed on the show previously. And we've had some really cool guests on the show, and we've made some really good friends. I mean, hell, it, it led us to Alsace for the uh, wine fair. I mean, right. who would have thought that a quick little interview with Patrick Aledo was going to lead to a... A 10-day European tour, you know? I think there should definitely be another tour of some sorts in uh, our future again. Um, and, then, you know, the nod from, from Tails is really cool. It's nod really from Tails. Sweet. We got the uh, word from PopCon. Uh, we uh, Indianapolis Monthly. Indianapolis Monthly, best podcast. Yeah, so it's been cool. And just, uh, you know, just, you know, a lot of the peers, a lot of our peers that listen and, and send us feedback, it's... That's really cool, especially on my end, because, you know, you're in distribution, so you're cut off a little bit from that, Arthur. But, like, you know, us with boots on the ground, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's a nice pat on the back when, you know, your peers, you know, appreciate what you're doing and, and listen. And it's so. a great time right now to say thank you to uh, Tide Laundry Detergent. If you don't use Tide Laundry <laughs> Detergent, uh, maybe you should. They come in little bulbous kind of packs. You throw them in your laundry and it's all I was going to say, pods are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> The pods go well with the red wine, if I remember correctly. Right. Right. Next come the sponsorships, baby. I thought about that the other day. I was like, what, what's stopping us from just, like, literally pulling out a fake sponsor every week and just, like... Might as well. <laughs> I didn't know. invent it. And so, I mean, you like, can't send a cease and desist if you already desisted. Yeah, like, today, totally. <laughs> I, I think a lot of our podcasts are usually white noise, and I, I think Ed and I never a lot of the them. time to, to, to listen to them ourselves, but... We're not really going to talk about anything like academic uh, today, or at least I'm not planning on it. But 
you know, they, 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 how much time we got, things might get a little weird for me. I've had some very fun little adventures. No, recently. and that's why I, I wanted to sit and do this because, I mean, we do get asked about, you know, ourselves and what we do a lot since we do have kind of an interv interview format on the show. And we did the one with Drink Culture and we cross-posted their episode um, while they were interviewing us. But, I mean, so much has changed. Like you said, I mean, I've been working uh, hard to kind of... Um, we're kind of breathing some new life into some of the one of our restaurants, and then of course the Inferno Room is just um, constant barrage of when is it opening? When is it opening? When is it opening? When is it I opening? I just kind of stopped asking you guys. Uh, thank you. And I, I stopped by there the other day and found Chris just for the fuck of it. Was like I'm not going to bother him, but I'm just going to go by. Yeah, and man, see. it's beautiful. I mean, it's I get asked at least 18 times a day. I mean, we whenever my answer to that question is a year ago that that was the plan we, we were to be open a year ago and it's um, well, i was gonna say i think it was every time i asked it was well about four months out four months <laughs> yeah. out every single time four months out no, well, i always say when you're building a place you know add 10 percent of the budget and four months to your opening date because it's going to get delayed now if you have big money behind you or you're in a city where you just can't afford you know that kind of delay then that's a little bit of a different story but um I mean, See. we definitely couldn't afford a year delay, but we very quickly learned why there are no tiki bars over a thousand square feet in the country, except for some of the old school ones like Maikai, because it's very labor intensive. It's very uh, expensive and there's no shortcuts. You can't go to Ikea and, and you know, buy, you know, <laughs> buy four latest. or five year old uh, wow, that, Papua New Guinea art. And so that's beautiful um, pre-Columbian Papua New Guinea art. Right. Like, actually, I, would got, actually, I got that at uh, Marshall's. It would actually right. take you about a year to, to, to build it once you it's, got it from Ikea. It's insane. Yeah, right. No kidding. It's so put it together. Okay. This is totally off subject, but I had to go to Ikea for the first time. I've never been to an Ikea. It was about three months ago. And I, I mean, everybody always says like, oh, the whole shtick with Ikea is you build it yourself, right? Like you put everything together. I'm like, well, that's not that different from anything you buy. I mean, you know, unless you're getting really expensive furniture, you're probably going to have to assemble it. I didn't realize that they literally just give you a sheet and be like, here's all the components that you have to go to Fine. another guy, and they're going to, like, give you, like, a bag of those bolts. And that like, sounds like a nightmare, man. It's a complete nightmare. It's I would never buy anything from there that had to be assembled Dude, personally now because like, I don't have the time to do that. Like, I don't... I like to pay people to put shit together for me. I don't like mounting things with... Okay. <laughs> That's not true. Right. right. But no, I get it, man. It is. It's a pain in the ass. And, like, it's hard enough when the box comes all-inclusive and here's the instructions, much less when they're like, oh, go find your own parts. Right. <laughs> you know? Go to aisle D oh. for this, aisle Z for that. Yeah, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, um, you might as well just... Build one from scratch, you know, like have one <laughs> custom made for you. I but mean, then it you're... wouldn't be an MDF that would fall apart in two weeks. Oh, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, we do, uh, I have been largely dry for the most uh, part still, but uh, in celebration, I mean, two years. Uh, we're gonna I prevented that by dropping lunch. some daiquiris down on you guys. Right, daiquiris, cheers. I can hear my Mai Tai over there being my shaken. Working. We'll see what comes next in the next couple of years. Like I said, uh, all the uh, laundry detergent sponsors we can get, we're going for it. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're. That's our market. It's our demographic. Take what we can get. But we weren't even planning on education. You started talking about ten percent over under on this budget and square feet for tiki bars. You are learning, kids. Um, well, I mean, it is crazy because I mean, opening a restaurant is it's expensive. It's hard to do. There's shitty margins. We don't get paid much money, and so. And this is a very specialty thing. Like I can't. It is incredibly specialized, man. You've been in the space, so you know. Oh, my know. God. I mean, I went in a long time ago, and I went in a couple of weeks ago, and 
I mean, I just, I, I knew it's in my gut, like, right from the start when you guys were talking about this, like, this is going to be some pretty epic shit, and it will be. But we got to be able to sustain it. So all y'all cats out there need to get your asses out and come check out what we're about to We have had so much to, attention uh, in the media already. That I think that's what's um, precipitating the constant questions, like, when is it opening? When is it opening? Because Tiki Bars, uh, well, Tiki in general inspires a certain level of fanaticism. And so... Um, tiki folks will literally fly all over the country, if not the world, to go to tiki bars. So yeah, I've that's flown great. A few places for them. Yeah, I mean, and I do the same. I don't. I don't think I've ever flown into a city specifically to go to a bar. But if I'm in a city, I definitely. That's one of the, you know, first things I do is check out to see if they've got a good tiki bar around. You but it's bad amount getting to the places we went to in Amsterdam right off the bat. And oh man. Same thing with Dirty Dicks in Paris. You were like. Yeah, we're going. And, and and I'm glad we did. It's one of the best drinks I can remember in a cool place. I'm assuming you'll have more air conditioning. Than, than <laughs> yeah, yeah, days. we will have air conditioning. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, it's um, a, a benefit. The space was real interesting, and the whole process was interesting because we I was already a partner on the building primarily because I have a restaurant next door, and so we didn't want to lose access to the parking lot. And so I became a minority partner in the actual real estate just so I had a voice into like you know what happens with the parking lot and when we decided we were going to do the tiki bar full force um the other partners were like well why don't you come check out the space again i'm like yeah i've seen it i don't think it's i don't think it's the right space i don't think it's the right space we walked in and with those eyes we were immediately like yeah it is it because it was an old courtroom um it was a community court uh, on the other side of the uh, wall in the courtroom, there were actually two holding cells. Nice. So we had to rip all that out. But the, the selling point was there was uh, judges' chambers that looked out on, above uh, kind of this, like, uh, I don't know, 30-foot atrium in the front. And there's two galleries that kind of look off the si- down uh, from the sides. And those, one was the judges' chambers and, I don't know, some other admi- admin offices. Mm. That's, it reminded us a lot of Smuggler's Cove, how they had, like, a kind of that uh, overlook on the main bar which I think Martin has since kind of nested in a little bit, but um, that was it. It was like, oh, wow, this is kind of like Smuggler's Cove. We could do something with this. And from there, it just... Well, <laughs> uh, uh, you also, like, a lot of the Papua New Guinea are, I mean, those are collections that were brought um, in... From New Guinea, yes. But they, they were they were utilized in a lot of ceremonial aspects, and I, Chris was giving me a little bit of the background of it, but... Um, like the the little pimp Capone room uh, booth you guys have, you know the one that faces the door that's kind of tucked away in the back. <laughs> yeah, the, we're um, the eastern side of like the small little lounge area. This is the dopest like it's booth. it's like, a three quarter round booth. So I mean, if oh, for those awesome. of you out there, like I mean, just think about a, a round booth, but it literally only a quarter of that pie is cut out to to kind of slide in and out. The rest, it's really comfortable, very intimate. You're surrounded by Papua New Guinea palm panels. And they are not replicas. They are actually from a collection. We bought an estate from a gentleman that spent uh, 26 years there kind of amassing all these things. You should and do an event there, like academic style. Um, definitely with a lot of town that would discuss, you know, the history. Well, and the, not only that, that's part of our training. So, like, I'm right now I'm putting together training materials for, you know, like handbooks, all the boring stuff, admin, when you're sick, you can't come to work, that kind of stuff. Um, but... I'm also putting together Tiki 101 because I can't. I, most of our people that we've already kind of got lined up are definitely Tiki files and uh, fanatics for that mid-century modern vibe. So 
a lot of my work's cut out for me, at least on opening staff, but we definitely are going to have some people coming in that aren't prepared for that. And so we're kind of giving a Tiki 101, like who is Don Beach, who is Vic Bergeron, who is Steve Crane, who's kind of our patron saint being an Indiana guy that married Lana Turner. We, Brother Cleve talked about him a little bit uh, in our episode with him and Tiki history. But um, then there's also the other aspect of the training is like, well, wow, this whole place is covered in actual, legit, authentic art from, from New Guinea. And so like we have to you know, make sure that our staff understands not only is this just kind of a Tiki vibe, but like this, we're essentially a museum. We're showcasing the work of the Middle Sepik tribes and uh, Papua New Guinea, so, you know. <laughs> when I was in there the other day, I looked on the wall, and this will go over a lot of our listeners' heads. Um, you got a frame You're poster. insulting our listeners, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know what? When, <laughs> Not when for the first older, time. <laughs> when you're older, you're allowed to make fun of younger people. I think that's just how it works. <laughs> he turns 40, and he drops this older thing all the you time now. you got that right, man. I know, right? <laughs> and it wouldn't be that big a deal. I don't feel old yet. I know. It, it wouldn't be that big a deal if every time I spoke to someone who's just 10 years younger than me, like, they'd never heard of, like, Pink Floyd or Loverboy. Oh, come on. You have never run across anybody that hasn't Bullshit. heard of Pink Floyd. Bullshit. Pink Floyd. Paradise Island is what I'm building up to. They got a poster of Paradise Island. Now, how many of you out there, do you remember the TV show Paradise Island between late 70s and early 80s with a little fucking midget pygmy dude? That was Fantasy Island. I was going to say, I don't remember Paradise oh, Island. Plane, See, you don't even, that's <laughs> Fantasy Island. <laughs> Well, you jackass, you no don't remember it either. Remember it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's why nobody remembered it. You didn't know what to call it. <laughs> it didn't say it. It's on a picture. And all right, so that no, was. No, we really... do have the big framed as you leave the kitchen area, and it's hidden from view from the customers. But hey, I recognize you see Ricardo Multiban, and it has a like little. Um, dialogue bubble and it says smiles everyone smiles <laughs> fantasy paradise whatever fantasy island <laughs> handle a little bar, difference uh handle crowbar <laughs> right. you know, small little central state state central little pickled paddlers little <laughs> but no um, it's um all those details are i mean that's i can't take credit for all of that detail work i mean my partner chris coy uh, who, who earned his new, he earned his tiki name, you know. Everybody's yeah, got their little kind of tiki nicknames, and he earned it over the weekend. Uh, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> because he shows up to, there was a tiki get-together on Sunday, and he shows up wearing kind of an Aloha shirt, but he's got a, a guy like a, the, the sleeveless wife beater shirt on underneath and like a big, big cross hanging down his chest and dark sunglasses, and he just rolls in. And literally, like three of us, independently of each other, and didn't we, nobody had heard each other say it. So they're like, man, you look like you just walked out of the set of Carlito's Way. That's awesome. <laughs> so he has now earned his name uh, Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco. <laughs> great movie, Carlito's Way. It is a great Way. film. All right, so um, got way ahead of ourselves. What, uh, Brad, what did you drink last night? Uh, well, actually, just water. Wow. No, I take that. You know what? I take that back. That was the night before. Last night was uh, the Colts preseason game, so I had uh, oh, Sun right. King's Endless Gamer over at the Tavern because I was uh, DJing there. Okay, you didn't go to the game? No. Okay. Unfortunately. I mean, well, it's preseason. Who cares? Arthur? Would you have a drink? I know you've been trying to stay somewhat dry. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, that's uh, air quotes. Uh, it, uh, <laughs> I'm sober. Well, I mean, that's like the, <laughs> the weirdest thing is that talking to people about like not drinking anymore. It's weird because they'll be like, ah, you know, I, I don't really drink, you know, but you're in the business and they're like, how's that? Like someone the other day was like, how can you just like write it? And so far, that's I've been able to coexist with my demons and 
I don't know very many people that can, and you have been doing a really good job of that. I can't. I'm on or off. It was like smoking or or, or whatever. And, um, you know, when I decided to to kind of trim back and dry out a little bit because of some health things, which weren't entirely, you know, confined to, hey, liver crying here, um, I knew what I was doing. It was like, all right, well, you choose another profession or you... You, you decide, you take a stance that you're going to keep the shit at arm's length and maybe you'll have a glass of wine, maybe you won't. But it's not a nightly thing, which is unfortunate because now fucking ice cream is a nightly thing. Really? Yeah, I've never <laughs> had a sweet tooth, man. My, and I didn't have a sweet tooth until I was about 28, all, all 29. I fucking ice cream at night. I, I don't keep sweets in the house because I, I, I well, will now that I've gotten I older, I do have a sweet to, tooth. I but I don't keep wine in the house anymore either. Well, that's I'm probably a better of, call. I'm running out of shit to, you know... Keep heroin around. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this, um, I, I did go to the doctor a few weeks ago to get, like, um, an update and a, 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 a um, goddamn it, physical for biometric scanning for insurance and all that stuff. And everything, everything came back legit, man. Like, Good. Liver was strong as bull and actually my cholesterol and everything in my, like, uh, blood pressure, which is never cool as cool. So. No. But, um, you know. I'm up on weight, a little bit heavier, so I need to get rid of all them damn sweets. Oh, well, but now it's the American way, so you get to turn it around and be like, everything's good, time to drink. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Well, um, you know, it's... it's. Uh, they call that the yo-yo diets, right? right. It's yo-yo diets between chocolate and booze. I think I just need to, to give heroin a shot, you know? if it, <laughs> No, I don't think you For do. nothing else besides, like, weight loss, you know? Just ride. Well, you're in the right neighborhood, it's around. Do the methamphetamine <laughs> thing. It really is around. It it's, really it's, it's, is, it's, man. It's, it's pretty, made a comeback. It's pretty tragic. I, um... Part of my, like, past six months, I've reached out to some old friends um, from, like, old days, like, you know, high school and shit like that. And people I knew that were doing well and, and good people and didn't turn out to be complete bags of shit um, to just kind of reconnect and, and rekindle. And uh, it, it's been awesome. But in seeing them, I have heard word of, like, how other friends from high school are doing. And get this, out of my graduating class, um, I think there's, like, I mean, I shouldn't fucking laugh. It's, it's criminal. I think there's, like, probably... 12 people dead. Wow, man. And about 20 people. And of those 12 dead, the vast majority was drugs or heroin. Drug overdose, yeah. Right. Um, and about another 10 people that um, died from, from heroin. And there are currently, like, a bunch of people that live under bridges. Like, if I wanted to go have a high school reunion, some of my friends told me I could go under a bridge. Wow, like, man. What's up, guys? And tragically, and we'll, we'll switch notes on this because this really isn't a happy topic. There were like three motherfuckers from my school like got convicted of like pedophilia. Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess statistically it's going to Go class of 95, baby. We're killing it. <laughs> um, but, but it was an interesting school anyway. Um, so I didn't, um, I, I did drink last night because I, um, I unexpectedly, I've, I've had a great week. I've had a great series of weeks. And yesterday was made all the better because uh, my buddy John Coffey that you met at the Slayer show. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They really want to come to the Inferno Room opening, uh, of course. Um, he did a little bit of tattoo work for me, just kind of impromptu. Which yeah. Which kind of why I'm rubbing on my titty over here because it's sore and fresh from last night. And I had, like, a couple of shitty shots of tequila just to kind of... It was almost like ritual, you know? I wasn't, I'm, I'm not going to get buzzed off two shots of tequila, but sitting down, getting a tattoo... Like, all right, there you go. Throw back to you know, ritual and ceremony. Um, so I did drink some shitty tequila, but I got a new decorative titty. And you know, you can't say titty anymore. You can't. 
You cannot say titty anymore. I think it depends on the context. No, it, uh, there are adamant people out there that it is just, it's a negative now. Like, you can't be like, hey, lady, nice titties. That's not cool. No, uh, that's, I don't think that's that was why ever I said technically context. cool. That's well, why I said context. I'm agreeing, but you can say, like, no, this Jesus Christ. This is why we have to have our producer sit in, so What's it saves him the time on where it needs to be edited. Hey, depending <laughs> on, I, we don't have a lot of time to get through this, but if we open that Pandora's box, I got notes of craziness and pages that well, well I was going to say, we, we've got, uh, in the time that you guys have been doing this, you know, he, I think you guys actually started this based off the fact that, or at least contacted me, based off the fact that Arthur was on Christy Lee's podcast. And then uh, you guys got a hold of me after that one to, you know, work on editing and producing and stuff like that. And then, of course, Arthur's return to Christy Lee podcast. Uh, he was drunk as shit. And <laughs> I know. Not, you, you weren't Ed drunk, so it's fine. Uh, no. <laughs> Christy basically sent me a list and said these things need to be edited out. There was a lot of editing involved. Oh, Christy did? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. For her, you pushed the limit. And that's hard to do. Um, I had a glass or two of wine at the, the actual interview itself. But um, <laughs> we just got, we got back from Amsterdam. Oh, I, had I know. About, right, I remember. I had, I had to talk about the Andre the Giant anorexic transgender person, which will probably get deleted out of this one. I just said it. Yeah. She, you didn't go into the details that you went into for the Christie right, podcast. Okay, okay, That's okay, probably okay. why it got deleted. Point Otherwise, of the story. funny story. Well, Christie's got kind of a vibe, you know, on her podcast. I, like <laughs> those yeah, when you were on the Wine to Five podcast, they were just so accommodating to you because you, <laughs> you could almost hear them gritting their teeth as you were talking. <laughs> uh, I know some shit got edited out of that one, but they were really, they were really fun, and it came out. They were fun, man. I got done with the podcast. I'm like, I'm going to get an email any day. It's going to be like, sorry, man. <laughs> like, you have been cut. Hey, your employers are angels. <laughs> uh, no one knows who my mystery employer is. Well, you have said it on the air. Accidentally once. Okay. Two years. All right. All so right. I'm, I'm all right. So that. dig through every episode. Yeah, we should right. put our numbers up to uh, two years, man. This went fast. We've had some really cool guests here on, in two cool years. Uh, of course. You know, but yeah, like back out, backing up two years, you know, like we went from a place where we were, you know, just trying to operate and keep things rolling. And, you know, you were you hadn't hit your uh, Guatemalan yoga retreats and, you know, obviously yeah. some health concerns and all that. And so, like, you're kind of new, fresh Arthur that's uh, trying to kind of realign your, I don't oh, know, yeah, juju. I'm, I'm not into all that stuff, you know, but. Uh, I tell everybody. I try to not be a shitty person, but, you know, he, I don't presume I don't do the yoga and stuff. room next week. But I just know right now everything is awesome and great, and I got a lot of cool projects going on. And my new sunny disposition has uh, has been taking over more so in the the incantation of Child of God Arthur and not self destructive Arthur, um, two totally different sort of people. Um, but no, um, things are cool. Things are very good. I do. Before it gets away from me, I've been thinking a lot about the interview we had with Kendall. The last interview we had. Yeah, that was a great episode. It was really enjoyable. Kendall's Kendall's awesome, and I loved her. When she really got into sort of the, her approach and method to, to building drinks and sure, the, yeah. the, the culinary art of it, if you will, I think she did a great job of explaining it. And you guys would all be, if anyone is competing or you just you know want to talk to someone great at cocktails, reach out to, well, I guess I shouldn't say reach out to Kendall, like I'm just inviting you. Right, over she's getting out 4,000 emails today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, by the way, five thank- of our listeners contacted Kendall. <laughs> right, I was being kind. Um, <laughs> My mom is going to email Kendall. <laughs> but I, I, I can't let it get away. And if your mom is listening, my apologies. There was the grapefruit butthole thing. 
Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. we talked about. Because someone said grapefruit, and I asked you guys, does a, butt, does a grapefruit ever remind you of a butthole? And then I kind of wondered, like, why does the grapefruit make me think of a bundle, a bunghole? And I think I, um, I think I figured it out. So there's a dude that I grew up with. Hold on a second. Let's. Okay, there we go. That's the little break we need in case we need to edit further. <laughs> Forty-one on the time code. <laughs> oh, it doesn't get too graphic. Maybe a little bit. So there's a dude I grew up with who he had a he had a big heart in the right way, man. But he was he was just a uh, unbelievable fucking juvenile. He was the kid who like he brought like a uh, gun to sixth grade and got like put in juvenile. Sounds like, like one of your guy. buddies. Oh yeah, and then like you know a scammer, hustler, every conceivable thing. I lived with his grandparents. I don't know what happened with his parents. Whatever. Although his grandparents were always very sweet, and they were like as white bread as it gets, like clean cut. And then he was all like you know, white little ghetto kind of thug life uh, hustler but they always bought him breadsticks from Olive Garden and I remember that for some reason because I never went to Olive Garden because it's not real Italian food you shouldn't unless of course you work there or know people that work there and then if that case go Olive Garden thanks for the jobs um, anyways, this, is, I, this is how William Burroughs wrote books <laughs> yeah. like just stream so, of consciousness he man would, uh, he would, would well he wouldn't joke he, uh, he was rather a misogynist as many young boys are at that age and he would talk about like opening up a girl from behind and peeling it like a grapefruit so i'm like aha maybe that's it um i'll just let people work out the imagery of that I can't yeah i think that. they already did <laughs> I can't, I can't i'm pretty sure if you don't see the look of horror on right, our faces grab, grab the butt peel like a grapefruit and then i love that he keeps reiterating <laughs> yeah yeah david i'm going back over doubling david, down david crosby uh did a stand-up uh, is it David Crosby? David Cross. David, David Crosby. Crosby. I was like, David, David Crosby, Crosby did stand up. That's amazing. <laughs> no, David Cross. Uh, it's really obscure. Uh, they printed only like four on vinyl. Uh, <laughs> I love that comedian. He did a really funny skit that kind of made fun of clergymen and talked about you know molestation and and there we go. Right. <laughs> Knock that one out. And then uh, lastly, I have a girlfriend in Nashville who owns a retail store called the, the Wine Market and um, some awesome restaurants. Elise Lou. And she um, she put a cocktail on her drink and called it the starfish because she made the garnish look like a little pink butthole. So I think that's why in my mind. Gotcha. Well, there was the uh, there was who did butts. that album in the '90s? One of those bands did the chocolate scarf starfish. Oh, was that, that was uh, Limp Biscuit. Oh, was it Limp Biscuit? And that hot dog flavored water. I don't know. I found out it was Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit. Oh, what a shitty was band. That the anyway, nookie, so the Nookie band. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just total fucking aggro, bro. Yeah. Wannabe metal, sure. new metal crap. They Fred all lived Durst. in my former apartment complex. Yeah. Speaking thereof, I want to. Um, uh, uh, speaking of metal, I went to go see um, several bands last week. I saw uh, Deceased, but one of the, and well, Obscene, which I've mentioned, uh, their local death metal band here in Indianapolis, which is fantastic. But one of the other bands that opened was um, uh, Death of Kings, and met their singer slash guitar player Matt Madsen. Um, found out he actually works at the Porter in Atlanta. Big beer geek. Um, knows his shit. Um, he actually is also good friends with um, the, our uh, Campari regional guy here in Indiana who recently moved here from Georgia. So I was like, yeah, it was a weird little uh, coincidence. I just happened to have a beer with him after, you know, they had played. And so give a shout out to Matt, man. It was, it was good to hang and you guys put on a hell of a show. So it's fun, man. It was up there at uh, Black Circle Brewing. I don't know if you've ever been there. They do a lot of metal shows. Yeah, no, I, I went to, uh, I can't remember the name of the band, but uh, a buddy of mine from high school, 
uh, his band was in town, and I went and saw the show with um, John and Lizzie again, John Coffey, the dude who did my tattoo. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was a cool little venue. Yeah, I mean, it's loud. They like it to be loud, but, uh, you loud. know, I, I, I'm I, being careful with my ears. Um, in fact, I mentioned on the way here, I, I, I let our producer Brad here know that um, he's got to be on headphones today because I've got... Um, a ton of fluid on my ears right now. Like They're not eight? sure why. No, I have no pain, but I was losing hearing over the last month, month and a half. I finally went to the doctor yesterday, and they, they looked at one ear like, yeah, there's some fluid in there. And they looked in the other, and she just stopped and goes, huh. I'm like, well, what does that <laughs> that's, mean? That's never good, right? Noise, right? Yeah, I'm like, what does the huh mean? She's like, it kind of looks infected, but you have a ton of fluid pushing against the membrane. She's like, I'm surprised you can hear much. She's like, you're not getting any sort of uh, vibration on the drum. Uh, so now I'm like heavily medicated on like, I don't even know what they've got me. I just picked up my prescription this morning, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm like, I, I feel like I'm just talking underwater right now. Right. Um, it's. Well, you sound lovely. Well, I always sound lovely, you know. I'm going for my uh, <laughs> Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits thing, so, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I haven't smoked in five years, but I think it uh, took a, it, it aged my voice faster than uh, I perhaps anticipated. Trust me, had I known, I would have smoked a long time ago because my radio voice, not there. <laughs> yeah, that's why you're behind the, uh, behind behind the, the scenes. scenes now. And I, I, ugh, I need to get away from smoking. My non-smoking went to stress smoking, went to social smoking, and you know, is now smoking. That's the one thing that in two years, what we really haven't done too much, and we've, well, you've been on, this is your third episode you've done with us, Brad? Right, let's I see. Mean, you're always the behind wine, the scenes. Popcon, and then, yeah, this one. But, I mean, we definitely, a lot of what we do here, we owe to you, because we sit down with microphones, and we record, and I put the shit in Dropbox, and then I say, can you just make a sound good, Brad? And, um, I mean, that... Ooh. That part often gets forgotten and overlooked by, you know, people, the listeners, they forget that there's something going on, especially, you know, there's a lot of podcasters out there that do all the work themselves. Right. Realistically, I knew from the outset that Arthur and I would never get anything done on a schedule if we were, if it were up to us. Arthur can, you know, barely remember to show up and, yep. and I don't have the time. <laughs> um, so that's why I reached out to you and, you know, you own creative zombie studios but you've been in broadcasting for a really long time almost like, 20 years yeah um we've given a shout out to creative zombie before but you you want to give everybody the rundown kind of what you do uh basically after i was let go from radio the first time uh by clear channel uh when they were downsizing i then went to cumulus another great big huge broadcasting company and after two years of that i just i don't know it wasn't the same it was corporate's definitely taken over it's you know i mean I know everybody says that, but the creativity felt like it was down. You've got one jock, uh, one DJ doing multiple markets. So it's not even the same, you know, they're getting the same content, same playlist across 20 different markets, you know, uh, it just was boring. I kind of lost my interest. So and you worked on some nationally syndicated stuff though. Yeah. I was, uh, part of Mark Patrick on sports, which went Fox sports live, uh, national morning show for a while. And, uh, some local sports shows as well as working alongside the Bob and Tom show from time to time. And, you know, so it just, I don't know, it, it just lost its flair. So I started a podcasting company called Creative Zombie Studios where we Great um, put together, yeah, it was, I don't even know how I came up with it. It was, <laughs> it was before The Walking Dead hit. So oh, I right, thought I was yeah. being edgy and cool, like fuck the vampire shit. We're doing the, and now <laughs> it's a thing. So <laughs> looks like I jumped on the trend. But, um, you know, we basically just, uh, we put together, 
uh, podcast for people uh, trying to get into more audio drama now. We've got a horror podcast that we're about to release probably in October called oh, Don't cool. Flinch. Uh, we started it a it's little bit. What? Don't Flinch. Don't Flinch. We started it last year. It's more like if you kind of took the Twilight Zone and made it an old school radio drama. Okay. Um, that's kind of where we're heading with it. That's pretty cool, man. Um, and we're trying to get more into storytelling type podcast as well because we do the interview stuff and I've gotten that so far down that I really like to, you know, explore and kind of do different things. So, um, Man, I got gotten total like um, fucking um, War of the World style, and like right now I'm going way past like the millennials definitely aren't going to know what the hell I'm talking about. I, know, right? I mean, I wasn't even alive right when all the people believed in the. Uh, but that type was, of stuff's coming Worlds, right? back. Yeah, War of the Worlds. I heard a. Um, I was listening to Imaginary Worlds, which is a fantastic podcast that kind of dives into uh, fantasy and sci-fi and mm-hmm. talks about it. And um, but they did one show on like this, the cult of Cthulhu and and Dagon and all that, and. Like interviewing people in New York, these eccentrics that actually followed the cult and like right. really believed in it and stuff. And then at the end, he's like, "Yeah, this is you know, this was a radio drama that was done by buddies." And I was like, "Oh man, I thought these rack jobs were really right. they were really out there, man." Well, it kind of like, reminds. So when uh, probably the best marketing thing that I'd ever seen uh, was when I was an intern at uh, Clear Channel K ninety five, and it was the year that uh, oh, what the hell was it called? Uh, the Blair Witch Project came out. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and for the for the for the longest time, I was in the belief that this was really found footage, that this was really the people, yes, you know, we're, well, almost everybody. Was, yeah. I never saw the movie because uh, two weeks before it actually hit the theater, I found out that it was the, you know, fake. Yeah. And they were actors and stuff, and it just lost all interest, and I'm glad I didn't. Cause it was probably the single movie that I can remember of the last 25 years that I walked out of the theater fucking pissed that I paid to see it. <laughs> like... I mean, I get what they were going for, the shaky cam, the found footage, all that, but I walked out with a headache. I was like, what in the hell did I just see? That was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And I don't think... Homegirl got like 20 uh, Wendy's commercials or something out of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, it was, I mean, it was, and it was groundbreaking. I'll give them that. Like, it was something new and fresh, but I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know, like just a lot of the podcasts I listen to are food and beverage, you know, um... A, a huge fan of Bartender at Large with Eric Castro. And then, of course, um, we shout out to Sutter Teague and Damon Bolte numerous times from the Speakeasy. Right. Um, so I don't often get into a lot of the ones that are like the quote famous podcast, right? Like, um, oh, God, man, what are the, they're all murder ones, right? You oh, know, yeah, like, well, yeah. I've listened to a couple of them. You My know. favorite uh, murder and I've listened to one and... that was down in like uh, Georgia where a teacher had gone missing. Oh, yeah, the I, uh, S, or was it um, S Town or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or or, no, there's, well, there was Crime Town, right? There. Oh, cri- well, Crime Town. That, was, that was great. Now, that was awesome. Crime Town was like, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. All the organized crime out in uh, Providence. Rhode Island, yeah. That was real cool, man. Like, I hope they can keep that rolling because that doesn't well, seem and, like the story uh, is stopping. One of the guys soon. that did that just recently uh, did the RFK tapes. Uh, where they release the RFK tapes, and so they yeah. follow the conspiracy and try to come up with, did somebody else actually kill Robert Kennedy? So, uh, and that's done by one of the two guys that did Crime Town. So, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there that it, you know, if you want to learn about a subject or you want to just kind of get lost into a fantasy world, you can do it. I mean, you can learn about sewing. There's sewing podcasts. I don't know what the hell they talk about, but they talk about sewing. You know, it's... So you, you being anything. a podcast studio owner, and like obviously you produce a lot. You produce a lot of big names. So like I know you're. I know Christy Lee has uh-huh. been on in broadcasting for what 25, 30 years right. or something. So and she I even, has a huge following. But like I always have a hard time finding 
like the quality ones. Like right. Arthur's always railing against the idiot that wants to talk for 25 minutes about like what he had for dinner last night, which we often do as well. I'm okay but, if it's funny. <laughs> yeah, if right. it's funny, then tell me about your damn gardening and how you slipped and a harmonica went up your asshole or something. If it's not funny, then say I know. Like if it has nothing to do with the topic. And there's, but it's funny, I'm there's okay. two schools of thought. People say that, well, once you get into the podcast, people, you know, want to know about the, pe- you know, the host, the the people are running the thing. But in the end of the day, you got to keep them hooked. And I always hate the, hey, what'd you guys do? How you, you know, how yeah, you doing? Right. I don't. It just bores the hell out of you me. You got to do exciting so shit. So how do you find the good ones? I mean, that's to me, it's just always been a word of mouth. Like, and but that's kind of becomes its own feedback loop, right? right? Because. They get famous, and then, of course, everybody hears about them because, you know, they've, they've pushed it out. They have the big dollars. They've got, you know, whatever they're right. spending. I, I, I realize the irony of that. The big dollar podcast would probably be like NPR, which I doubt right. that anybody with NPR would say they have big dollars. But, and you know, it's, it's I guess fun compared to us where we are like, well, we got $25 for a round of drinks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, it's, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the hard part about podcasting right now is there really is no way besides word of mouth to truly get your name out there. And once you get big, then obviously you can, it's kind of like if, if, I guess, what, the ship floats or whatever, you raise everything up with it. Um, I completely ruined whatever that. Yeah, you really mixed the metaphors. <laughs> Rising tide Tides. raises all boats yes. or not. There we like go. It's like shit floats and you're up there with it. <laughs> right. like, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> <in the bush. laughs> uh, but uh, in, in, in a way, that's kind of the way it is. Because if you start getting more famous, then you if you're, if you're being one of those people that actually are altruistic and like to help other people, then you can get your friends that have good podcasts and pull them up with you. Um, a lot of it is uh, just doing what you guys have done, which is guesting on other podcasts, as well as doing what you've done and obviously bringing guests onto your podcast. That helps tremendously because then they tell their friends about it. And then they, you know, so again, it's all word of mouth. It's really hard to do this without word of mouth. I mean, that's the thing I think that over the last two years has been the most gratifying for me. Um, and again, one of like, the biggest influences for me to even like want to get started rolling and doing this was um, Damon Bolte. I mean, like the speakeasy's been doing this since before podcasts were really that prolific. Right. And um, having a journalism degree, I figured I might as well try to get some sort of usage out of that student loan debt. Um, <laughs> I did quickly realize I had forgotten to interview um, as as we had, you know, spent so much time in school, you know, like crafting questions and trying to make sure everything is open-ended and getting those juicy quotes and such. And, but it's, I mean, it's been a really great reset for me. I know I've mentioned that numerous times in the air. It's like, it's been a good reset. And when I get really burned out and like down and my anxiety is crushing me, I can talk to people that are passionate again and it reminds me. But it's also quite frankly, a reason to talk to really fucking cool people that may not give us an hour of their day otherwise. (laughs) You know, it's like, hey, we got a thing. We're going to put a microphone in front of you, talk about what you like to do. And that's cool. Like, I know our next guest is going to be Jim Meehan, which is going to be a lot of fun. You know, he's going to be passing through Indianapolis. So it's like, hey, let's talk a little bit about some some things that, you know, outside of the box. I just do this for all the ladies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can see them around the table right now. You got a face for radio, man. Thumbstick. But, you know, it's one of those where, um, and I I think people miss that. It's a great networking tool. I mean, we had a business podcast, me and uh, Josh Springer, who invented Bottoms Up Beer. Oh, do you not do that anymore? Uh, We do. It's just kind of fallen off the map a little bit. Okay. Just busy schedules. Uh, I'd like to get it restarted again. Um, Folks, if you're not familiar with Bottoms Up Beer Dispensing, 
Like, it's just kind of a geeky thing, and I haven't seen as much use for it in our restaurants because we just don't serve that much draft beer. Mm -hmm. um, but the system is amazing, and I know that there's a lot of politics involved with the big players, um, Anheuser-Busch or, uh, right. or whoever the Belgian company is, InBev, that owns them now and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know why every stadium in the country doesn't have that stuff. It's, it's really amazing. Just Google... Uh, bottoms up beard dispensing. It's right. the, the YouTube videos are insane. They're pretty cool. It's really cool. And Until you look at the bottom of the glass and stick your finger in the bottom. And yeah, don't finger your couple. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have that in my studio because you know my studio has a uh, uh, a table that's made out of an old whiskey barrel um, that has a concrete bar top around it. And I mean, you guys have both been in it. Uh, has a bottoms up beer system in the middle of it, and so. People all the time, you know, that are new to it. Every single one of them want to poke that stupid hole, and sure enough, uh, it creates and all a mess. the beer falls straight out the bottom of the glass. But beyond that, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many reasons why to use it, and we'll, that's another. Pie. You should sure. get Josh on one yeah, time right. just talking totally. about it. But um, yeah, it's we did the uh, business podcast so that we could talk to people who had money, talk to you know possible investors, talk to uh, people who either we could help in some capacity or they could help us. You know, I mean, it's just great to find people that share like interest and next thing you know you're hanging out you're going to parties with them and you really get to learn a lot from them and you know they pretty much can learn from you too so yeah especially in our industry i mean like it's it's a really small business i mean right. yes there's obviously thousands and thousands and thousands of us in the service industry and then even if you take the the uh, proportion of them that are like actual serious and lifers and and you know are the ones that go read about it in their free time it's still a lot of people um, but we all kind of run into each other or know who each other are and that kind of thing. And it it makes it fun, man. Like, I, I've mm -hmm. been to numerous bars across the country. And, you know, it's like, oh, man, yeah, I totally know what you do here just because I heard about you from a friend of mine that's been here right. or whatever. And so I really like that kind of communal nature of it. And Arthur's constantly talking about community, you know, and, and how uh, he's usually talking about a little more about the, the Indianapolis community itself and how we're growing. But, like, even just as... As an industry, you know, it's very communal. And everybody's, I mean, that's why we have Tales of the Cocktail or PDX or uh, uh, Paris of the Plains, you know, all those kind of festivals and stuff. So it's a lot of fun. I just saw Timo Yantzas on his way to Los Angeles. Like, I was like, ah, it'd be cool to hang out with Timo a little bit again. But I, oh, really? Obviously, <clears throat> with the Inferno Room approaching an opening <laughs> right. very soon, I mean, we're now hiring. So it's, um, so if you're out there and you're local, we are now hiring. Send a resume my way. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously travel is not on my agenda at the moment. We've got a tiki bar to open, so. Right. And crowd's waiting, man. Yeah, you got some stuff going on, too, though, Arthur. I mean, you got yeah. plans for the summer. You've been talking about doing some certifications again, getting back mm -hmm. into the wine game a little bit more hardcore so, outside man. of education, or? Knocking some dust off. Um, I um, Ah, excuse me. Shit. We put him to sleep with the podcast talk. I know, man. You guys. All right. Let's start talking about buttholes again. <laughs> um, All uh, right. The, the regular things I have going on uh, for work are going well. I have the, the, you know, the Wine Academy thing, 12-week curriculum that is going to start up again in about a month. This will be the first semester. We've had about 150 people or so locally go through it. It's pretty cool. And we did the Spirits Academy for the first time earlier this year. We'll do that again. And then... Um, I thought it'd be fun to make an extremely small intensive course for like no more than 10 people, like a six week course just on advanced tasting principles, just beating the people to death with tasting trials, tasting trials, tasting trials. So that'll, that'll happen next year. 
And then um, I was out in Dallas and did the Wine Spirit Education Trust nominated educator program so I could start working with them and teaching some of the programs, which is a really cool program, the WSET program. Material's good, a lot of transparency. If you guys are thinking about going for certifications, you want to get different certifications for different paths to take, but you know the restaurant community, obviously people look towards the sommelier thing. Uh, wholesale, a lot of people look towards um, Society of Wine Educators and their um, certifications, wine and spirits, and then there's the Wine Spirit Education Trust, which is the precursor to the Master Wine Program. So get involved in some of the programs and looking forward to bring that back to the market and who knows where it'll it'll take me um i think i'm actually starting to develop like a a five-year plan yeah and i walked away from those like five years ago (laughs) 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 they never fucking work but uh i've got some some ideas I (laughs) i know you love quoting mitch hedberg he's like tired of chasing my dreams. I'm just going to ask them where they're going. I'm going to catch every, up with them later. Time, <laughs> I could be walking down our, like the office aisles. And if I like, were to, if someone left their door partially open and they're talking to an, uh, an applicant and they say, what's your five-year plan? I literally will stick my head and be like <laughs> celebrating the fifth anniversary of having this conversation with you. <laughs> and they look at me like, get the fuck out of the office. Are there? Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it, the, the tests are a lot of fun. I'd like to start the Master Wine program. I don't think I'd be able to, to, to happen until 2012 because I was moving because I right. missed the application exam. But that 2012? Me, I was going to say we're, we're shit, traveling back. Hold on. 2020. Are we part of your podcast, Brad? Are we time traveling? I, right? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I know with, that uh, you and Sherry Murano, one of our um, uh, Master of Wine guests that we had yeah. on previously, she was um, she grabbed you after that podcast and was like really encouraging you to kind of get back into it. Yeah, do it she's again. a smart woman. Yeah, she's great, man. Well, she, I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> recommending I get back in the program. Well, right, yeah. <laughs> smart woman, yeah, until you get back in the program, they're like, Okay, we're kicking Sherry out. Uh, she brought this guy well, in. The, the great thing about the Master Wine, there's a number of great things about the Master Wine program and different things for different programs, but it's, it's largely anonymous. You know, they take your papers and your work and they grade it in London and it comes back. So um, I like this more. So your crappy attitude is of no bearing on it. I've been told by Unlike two, the court of Master Sommeliers. I've been told by a couple of Masters of Wine that are like, it will work out for you that they're anonymous exams. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, will take it, I will take it in my favor. I thought everyone was going to wear ponchos today. Um, but uh, so, you know, those are all cool. You know, it puts a little bit of structure out. Work will compensate me for the, uh, the accreditations. Those are extremely ex- expensive. So just feeling blessed. Um, still got an eyebrow on, on moving out west. But um, I, I'll be here for a little bit. I did move into an awesome place um, because I had to get out of uh, my apartment complex I was in. Because you was, damaged the gate and they made you pay for it. The fucking Arthur Gate, man. Uh, Arthur um, Gate. <laughs> Arthur so, Gate that's quite literally a gate. And it is, <laughs> and the saga continues, man. That shit ain't done. Um, so Even uh, after you gave him three grand for that thing? Six. Six grand. Six. Yeah, so... I still don't know if I buy your story. The, no, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's fucking surreal, man. So, like, the apartment... Play, like, if you live in Indianapolis, don't live in Solano Way. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, what are they going to no, do? I don't know where, where the hell that is. Fucking defamation of character or something. They no, I'm laughing because I don't know where the hell that it's is. It's a horrible complex. I had to it, GPS it, you last time I went to go pick you up. Okay, so... This podcast you, brought to you by Solano Way. <laughs> right. <laughs> This podcast Arthur's is brought to you by, uh, by Arthur's Gate at Solano Way. 
Um, no, you I'm should seriously to... sneak in in the middle of the night and get like a metal sign, like an engraved metal sign that says Arthur's on this motherfucker. Paid for by Arthur Black. Yeah, there you go. But 2018. Arturo Negro. Or actually, it would be Negro Maro. Bitter Black would be appropriate. Another one of my aliases. But um, anyways, if you live in Solano Way, I'm sorry, but you're a douchebag. Um, How are the tenants a douchebag? I know. The tenants are horrible. Oh, are the tenants they? are the worst fucking part. No one in there says hello. It's, it's a very nice community. Nobody but, says hello to you. I say, well, you're right, but they don't say hello in general. <laughs> you, you, you can tell when you say hello to somebody if they're just not, not acknowledging you or they just don't acknowledge people. Right. And it's, it's very cookie cutter. It looks beautiful. It's, it's, it's shit expensive. Um, I was coming home uh, one day from the office. It was the afternoon. There's an entryway gate. <clears throat> Pull up, type in my shit, go in. I go up on the curb a little bit, ding something, whatever. Keep on going. Now, that little ding, and I wondered if I was missing something because they actually called the cops on that little ding. Um, it's I, a fucking Wolf of Wall Street thing. He's like, it's a little ding, and they wake up in the morning, and the gates are all lying down. <laughs> no, I'll show, I, I wish the gates were. It'd be so more gratifying if, like, I just annihilated this thing. But I, no, the the video to watch is ridiculous. So, anyways, I ding this thing. I go home. I park because uh, it like it was like going up on a sidewalk. That's literally was the extent of it. Uh, my wheel was cocked. I was fucking texting, wasn't paying attention, whatever. <laughs> Bam. Okay, done. Nothing rip, was ripped out of ground. Um, and uh, then I, I go and I look out my window, um, and my car's getting towed. And there are cops down there. So I'm like, all right. And I put on a shirt. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Was, I'm, it, was there an accident? I'm terribly sorry. And they proceeded to say, well, you know, your car was observed hitting and running a gate. And I'm like, really? You kidding me? And Is that a hit and run if it's a gate? I know, right? Uh, apparently. But... You're supposed to, like, stop, call the police, I hit a gate, sir. Plus, was it really running if you parked? Live there? No, I mean, <laughs> Where I Where the gate up, was? I, I pulled up, parked, typed in the shit, pulled up, oop, curb, down, waited for the go to, uh, gate to open, it worked just fine, went on my fucking way. And then I come out, and the cops are there, and they're like, yeah, this car was involved in a hit and run, so I'm like, all right, someone's stealing my shit, what's happening here? Right. Well, cop number one, who was a wee fella, um... Thought he had to put me in handcuffs, and I firmly believe um. it was profiling. I was out there. I had a shirt untucked but open. I got tattoos. I look like whatever. A Public in publicly intoxicated? No. Oh. <laughs> I like a, I'm just guessing here, man. No. And, you know, that, 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 that wasn't the thing. But I mean, it's it, and how would he know if I had just like I just walked up like, what's going on? That's my car officer. Anyways, he tries to put me in cuffs and like. I puff up a little bit just out of instinct, which don't get in a fight with cops, guys. No, it's, no, it's, no, it's no, usually no, no. never a good thing. I think that's a gimme. I don't think yeah, we have no, to no, educate no, people. Like, don't resist arrest. Same, Typically I mean, where the cell phone videos come into play. Right, yeah. Just the guy that, you know, doesn't passively just work with the cop. It's like 6 in the evening, and I'm just trying to, like, let me get my, what is happening here? And the guy's trying to grab my arm. So I, like, I puff up 10%, you know, just, like, a little bit of puff up. He can't get the arms behind my back. And then he's like, don't make me toss you, son. And I was like, oh, well, I'll take a knee. Here you go. Okay. Then the other cop came over, and he was a good cop, and he let me up, and he explained what this was observed on tape. And I'm like, I, I really just went up on the curb and whatever. Um, all's fine and good. No damages were done or so, I thought. And then 
three weeks later, I get a bill for $6,000 to buy him a new gate. That's insane, man. I called attorneys. I looked at property damage. I went and looked at the tape. I, I went through everything. I talked consultants, and um, they're essentially charging me for an entire new fucking gate. And uh, I went round and round and round, but essentially it was like, look, um, I am, fuck it, here's your money. Fortunately, I'm blessed to have the money. It's on tape. Uh, whatever. But there's a lot of gray area to it. And then I went back the other day to get some mail from the place. And I found a beautiful new place, which is awesome. It was totally serendipitous. First place I went to after not wanting to deal with these fucks anymore. Does it have a gate? Uh, it <laughs> hey, right. There's no gate. There you go. Um, That's first, what you needed, man, was no gate. First place I went to, done, son. I was in three weeks later, moved it, had the worst moving day of my life. We don't have time to talk about that one. I'll work that into another section somewhere later. Yeah, we're, uh, I see the clock ticking here. and um, we. Um, I was just thinking, going through my head of like all the cool shit that we got coming up, man. Like it's, I can't believe it's two years already, but like it, we're, we're, we got some really fucking cool guests coming up soon. Um, well, you know... It, Brad was joking like when we were talking about how we did well this year. He's like, so what are you guys going to do next year to do <laughs> right. more? I was like, we're going to try. Um, we're going to start phoning it in. It's the year though we're trying real hard at the moment. Well, weren't you phoning it in when you got Tales of the Cocktail and Indie PopCon Award? and <laughs> so? Well, well Tales was I'm great, man. Like, it was cool. Like, so I didn't, the first notification I got, that, that was a long list for Tales of the Cocktail um, that we were on. We didn't make the short list, which, I mean, again, like Dave Wondrich won that, like, uh, you know, with uh, like his co-host Noah, and it was like, of course. or something. I think, um, I think Souther list. made the comment that, like, if you're being nominated for an award and Dave Wondrich is also nominated, you're at best taking number two. Right. But, um, no, um, I got a text from Matt Patrick that said, congratulations on the uh, Tales nod, and, and I was like, oh, shit, what, wait a minute, hold on, like, I don't, I know the restaurants didn't make long lists for anything, so we don't have that insane of a cocktail program. I'm like, well, maybe Thunderbird, but I'm a silent partner there, so why would I be getting the text? Right. Um, and I, 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 he screenshotted it for me. I was like, oh, that's fucking nuts. And then like a half <laughs> hour later, Souther uh, uh, texted me and was like, hey, man, you know, congrats on the nod. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I mean, it's, I guess it's, uh, it's validating that, you know, maybe we're adding something to the conversation. Um, I hope so. I mean, at least we're doing it in a little bit of a different way. Um, I know when we set out to do this, we, we were like, we were like, it's going to be 30 minutes and we're going to be in, out, done. And it never goes as planned. There's no way you can do 30 minutes like in the way that we wanted to do it. It would have been too forced. Um, and I guess that's why we're not on regular radio. Right. So, but before we wrap up and, um, kind of head on to our, uh, respective appointments today and get ready to, uh, for some of our interviews that we got coming up in the next few weeks, um, we ought to kind of revisit some of the uh, the hangover cures. That have, you, have we tried anything new over the last few years that's working? I, I've switched my regimen up a little bit. Um, well, I mean, mostly because of my liver. Like, because the Advil, uh, you know, like they, they've my doctor told me to lay off as much Advil, I, which I take because of my herniated disc. You know, like I've now got like <laughs> in the last few years, I've developed carpal tunnel, uh, severe arthritis in my right hand. Um, plantar fasciitis, like no, my body's just breaking down. Let's talk about all the crap that's falling off of us. Right, yeah. And so, I was gonna say, how is this possible? I'm the biggest fat ass here. We're all about the same age, and yet you're because falling apart. You said and I'm not. behind a microphone, and we do work. <laughs> I'm going to pieces too. Man. That's why I'm fat. Um, you know, it's I. I don't think I've been hung over in the past six months. Man. Yeah, I mean, I've had a couple that were rough, but nothing. To, Martin Kate did not 
do me well when we were in New York that night. After we recorded with him, remember we got lost in the East Village with Martin? Mm, yeah, it took forever. Because he was like, oh, it says we're 20 minutes away. So we just let him guide us. And then we walked for 45 minutes. And I said, how's come that says we're still 20 <laughs> minutes away? It's like we blew past it, man, you know? So, no. Um, well, guys, I mean, thanks for listening, uh, folks. This is, um, you know, we're just getting rolling here. We're just kind of getting warmed up. And there's a lot of cool things getting ready to come down on the pipeline. And, and we... Always uh, hope to have you on the show whenever possible, Brad. I know you like to be behind the scenes, but it's fun to have you out here, man. Well, thank you. I love drinking, so it's great. Yeah, that's the, that's the other benefit, <laughs> the right? You're, like, you're sitting right in front of the drink, cocktails. You know, and, uh, well, if you're drinking free cocktails and they're on my dime, you're drinking rum. So right, <laughs> that's why I everybody know. got daiquiris. <laughs> so awesome. Well, hey, here's to another two years or three or ten or whatever it is. And if Arthur hopefully doesn't move too soon so that we can actually keep, keep this rolling. So cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.